Welcome to episode 104 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And <coughs> you good? I'm great. You good there, bud? Doing great. It's been a long <laughs> weekend for me. Lots of talking. Lots of talking. Uh, I spent the entire day at Disneyland yesterday. Been a 14-hour Disney day yesterday. The thing is, that's not that uncommon for you. I haven't done a full Disney day in a while, though. Yeah, usually I'll either go late or leave early. That's true. Uh, I, I prefer to go early. Same, yeah. yeah. Um, you can get a whole bunch of stuff in for everyone else who's woken up and gotten their kids out of bed and yeah. dragged their screaming faces down Well, the I park. mean, for a Saturday, it was fairly empty. Really? Yeah. See, my friend and I were trying to figure out if we were going to go, but for our pass, it was blocked out yesterday. Oh, really? Which is sad, because it sounds like it wasn't even that busy. It was, I mean, it was still, like, like you know, there's still lines. Yeah. But I, was, I was ready for, like, the summer crowd Yeah. for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was very pleasantly surprised it wasn't that bad. Oh. We, I mean, we did we did the normal route. Yeah. Uh, and we basically got through all the rides we needed to by noon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we were exhausted and just had to, you know, fight our way to the fireworks at 930. So what'd you do in the middle? Um, the, Trader Sam's Lamplight Lounge? No, no, because she'd never, my friend <clears throat> had never been to Disney before. And so I wanted to treat her to like the, the, the authentic tourist experience, not the, not our experience. Our boozy experience? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we did kind of the rides that I don't normally do. So we did uh, Small World. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did Jungle Cruise, which is you know just as adorable as always. Uh, well, and it's themed for Christmas. It's right not. Now. They don't do it anymore. <gasps> they don't. What? No. Uh, so I, I talked to one of the skippers, yeah, specifically about Jingle Cruise, uh, and they're like, yeah, basically they didn't want three big rides down at the same time. Okay. To decorate, and so Jingle Cruise got cut because uh, you're not gonna not decorate Small World. Oh, I was like, what's the third one? Right, of course, Small World. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh, I guess that makes sense. It's a little sad, though. I always loved when they did the Christmas mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I also didn't realize how short it lived for. Jingle Cruise only was around for like five years, when oh, really? he said. Yeah. Oh, I always liked it. Mm-hmm. We got a, a variety to our dad jokes. Yeah. I, uh. Because I, I specifically, like, uh, we tried to do Big Thunder. It, it closed down for a moment, and then we had, like, the free Fast Pass. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let's do Indy. That's always a hard one to get a Fast Pass for. Yeah. Uh, that was also closed <clears throat> for a moment. We we ended up doing both of them, but then I I kind of turned to her with a smirk and I'm like, how, like how punny are you today? She's <laughs> mm. like, what do you mean? And mm. I'm like, can you can you handle five minutes of dad jokes? And she's like, I guess. I'm like, okay, we're doing we're doing Jungle Cruise. Like, regardless of physical appearance and gender, I have a crush on whatever captain of the boat I'm on just because they're dad jokes. Mm-hmm. I love dad jokes. Yeah. Mm. There you go, listeners. Key to my heart. Send those dad jokes. Uh, but yeah, because of that, I—I I mean, I also did my whole tourist tour guide thing. Yeah. So I was explaining all the unnecessary facts, talking over plaid shirts <laughs> near you who weren't getting the details quite Almost. right. I mean, in my head, I was. I—I <laughs> uh, I did correct. After they were out of earshot, I, I leaned over to my friend and be like, well, actually, so this is why we don't have Roger Rabbit in. There was a, so for people who don't know Disney, Disneyland or Disney parks, there's uh, tour guides that you can hire for a, a shit ton of money mm-hmm. uh, that are referred to as plaids because they wear this disgustingly beautiful plaid vest. I'm glad you went that direction. When you started to say disgusting, I was about to be offended because I love those plaid vests. I know. I, I, I do one. too. I just don't know like where to even find that kind of plaid it's i I feel like it's so unique 
It is. Mm. Well, I'm sure it's like you probably can't find. I'm sure Disney. Yeah, they like, probably have some has sort of bought like out every. Yeah, like license, like trademark or whatever on the pattern. Yeah, because it's fucking Disney. But you can find something similar. Yeah, I feel like you would look good in a plaid vest. I feel like you should know, add I that don't, into your I, rotation. I can't do plaid very well. No, no. Ever no. since high school, I've been trying to do plaid. I, I tried. I tried plaid in high school. Didn't really work. Never went back. But like. You've got a nice scruffy beard thing going on That's now, true. and you do have one of the best hair quaffs of anyone I know. I think you could pull off some plaid. All right, I'll I'll, I'll try it again for Bring you. Bring it back. Um, but so so plaids. There's there's a sport that that pass holders play called plaid hunting, <laughs> uh, because usually since plaids are so expensive, living in L.A., uh, only the elite slash celebrities have the money to hire them, mm-hmm. uh, and so not. You know, not often, but probably 30% of the time, you'll find a, a famous person with a plaid. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. We, when we were there once. I, was I there with you? Yeah. Time? Yeah, it was when we were trying to get on Alice in Wonderland, and, like, it broke down, like, right before the front, oh, and they yeah. gave us passes to come back, and as we're, like, waiting right at the front of the line, as the ride's breaking down, we looked over, and, like, Jimmy Fallon and his family were coming in, like, the back entrance, and they turned right. around and pulled them back out, because the ride was down. Yeah, because I've seen Fallon, I've seen Adam Scott, mm-hmm. um... I was there when Chris Hemsworth was there, but I didn't <laughs> see him. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. that's how everyone was reacting. Sorry, it's just knee-jerk reaction. Um, I was there when I think maybe it was with you. No, maybe not. I was there with uh, when Ryan Johnson was there once with some plaids. Okay, director of uh, many things, including Star Wars Episode Eight. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so the reason I bring up plaids is their their job is one. It brings you to the front of the line for whatever ride you want, but also they're supposed to be the knowledge base of Disney. So you can ask. I love them. how you phrase that. They're supposed to be. <laughs> I think by most people's standards, they are. <laughs> um, I I mean because of this one person, I had to change my my wording. Um, so uh, I was in the same room as a plaid, uh, and his his guest he was uh, touring around asked him why Roger Rabbit doesn't have a big presence at the parks anymore. We can cut all this out if it's getting too long already. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just making sure it's recording. Okay. <laughs> like, you're paranoid about these things sometimes. Um, he's asking why Roger Rabbit doesn't have an appearance at the park, and the plaid basically just said, oh, well, the movie came out in 88, so it's not as popular anymore. That's bullshit. And I'm like, the ride we're standing in opened in 1969. That's not an argument you can make. <laughs> Do you know what ride it was? I already uh, told you. I forgot. Haunted Mansion. Okay, I got for I got confused for a second there. I thought <clears throat> you were in line for Roger Rabbit. No, and then I was no, like, no. how did the ride exist <laughs> before? Well, I mean, Toontown didn't open until '93. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the yeah, the guy basically just said like, oh no, it's because the movie's not popular anymore. And I had so many things I needed to say. <laughs> I'm impressed at your control. You stop yourself. Very limited control. Because, like I said, the second he was out of earshot, I leaned over to my friend and had to explain to her (laughs) all of the reasons why Roger Rabbit does not have a presence at the park anymore. Uh, Which basically boils down to they had big plans in the 90s. Euro Disney, also known as Disneyland Paris, happened. They lost all of the money in the parks. uh, And so everything they had planned for Roger Rabbit just vanished. Yes. If, If anyone talks about, like what happened to this thing at, at a Disney park or why didn't this thing happen or what happened to this thing? The answer is almost always Euro Disney. Euro Disney. It's unbelievable how much money that lost the company. Euro Disney, the Thanos of the Disneyland parks. It, it's worse than Thanos because Thanos was half. He was generous and he got half. 
Euro Disney <laughs> took everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. He's the he's the uh, the doomsday. There we go. The uh, the Galactus. Yes, that's a better one. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Galactus of of Disney. Well, in all of your time Disney cavorting, did you find time to sit down and watch the new Avengers trailer? I did. I watched it a few times. Yes, same. Mm-hmm. What did you think about uh, it? I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a nice uh, quote from Young Justice. Okay. And uh, I was very whelmed. Whelmed, yes. I was not over underwhelmed. I was just very whelmed. Didn't Young Justice steal that from Mean Girls? I don't think so. Well, yes, because in Mean Girls, she says, like, I know you can be overwhelmed and underwhelmed. Can you just be whelmed? Did you, oh, wow. I guess she did say that. Yeah, yes. they did steal from Mean Girls. Yes. Don't give me that look. <laughs> <laughs> it's so rare that I can correct you on something. On Mean Girls of all things. I know. That kind of hurts. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. In between all of my watchings and thank you next, I did have time to watch these trailers. I did finally see that. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's been out for what, like over a week? Yeah, it came out, I think, uh, Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was hanging out with some friends last night or on Friday night. And we're like, oh, hey, can I just can we watch thank you next? I haven't seen this yet. Everyone's talking about it. It's good. It's it's fun. Yeah, it is very yeah. fun. Uh, and then like people are like still dissecting it because like, apparently they hid a lot in this. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. There's a whole bunch of people that are supposed to be recognizable in there. I don't know who any of them are. Well, the the one thing that I found really cool was that it was such a small detail because we're gonna do some some Ariana talk for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 13 going on 30 segment, when she's holding the the house, yeah, the the playhouse, um, all of the rooms in the playhouse are the rooms from the music video. Oh, like the scenes mm-hmm. are. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I didn't even see that. I've also never seen Thirteen Going on Thirty. Really? Yeah, I know. I it's like, it's cute. I feel like I'm missing out. It's very cute. Yeah, I know it's got Mark Ruffalo in it. It does. Yeah, he's just he's so adorable. He he's such an awkward love interest, and that's what's great about him mm-hmm. is he's so passive through the whole thing. Yeah, gotta watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you, you watched Thank You Next. I did watch Thank You and Next. And you watched the Endgame trailer. We now finally know the title, even though everyone's known that's the title for a long, long time. Oh, I, I didn't know. Yeah, that was like rumored like way back in like June or July or something like that. It was oh. just like popping up little places here and there. Well, I only follow wrong rumors. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, this is absolutely true. But like, I don't mean, what did you what did you think? Like after the the long wait um to finally get a trailer out, what did you think about it? It was it was good. I mean, it, it showed basically everything we expected it to show. We, mm-hmm. we wanted, because uh, I, I had a conversation earlier about this. We we were expecting, you know, a sad shot of Tony. Yes. We, I, I was <laughs> expecting a wide shot of New York and chaos. We didn't get that. Mm-hmm. We were expecting a Hawkeye reveal. We got that. Yep. Um, and then uh, basically the, one, the only scene I wasn't expecting was seeing, you know, Hawkeye as Ronin. Yeah. And to see Ant-Man. I was not expecting that. Yeah, I thought, <clears throat> I liked they included that in the end there. Did you um, see the the post that's been going viral online of uh, what we expected and what we got? And it's the Captain Marvel pose oh, where, okay. she's, where she has her hands out and is all flaming. And then it's uh, Paul Rudd in the same pose. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. That was mm-hmm. so good. Like, yeah, I mean, I was, um, I liked to include that little scene there at the end of him on the monitor. And it certainly implies that when, whenever that was recorded was sometime in the past, which fits in with some rumors about what's going to happen plot wise in the movie. Yeah. Um, but also just goes to show that, um, like the whole rest of the trailer has a lot of gravitas to it, mm-hmm. but then they throw in that 
goofy moment at the end, and it just goes to show how good they are with tone, that it still all fits. Yeah. Which, like, that's a really hard thing to do, and they really nailed it at this point. Well, I mean, they did the same thing in the first trailer, but with uh, Guardians. And so it's kind of just replacing the humor, because, I mean, they were able to do the... The dumb oh, jokes with, yeah, that's with Chris true. Pratt and the, and the rest of the Guardians. Yeah. And now it's just all on Paul Rudd's shoulders. It's all on Paul Rudd. But he, he's so good in that yes. role. And what funny shoulders he has. He's oh, such great shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, he's one of those characters in the MCU that I think does work a little bit better when he's in a supporting role than when he's carrying oh, absolutely. the weight himself. I think, mm-hmm. um, I think him, and, him and I was about to say Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Yeah. I mean, I think a little bit of that too. And so I think it's going to be great having him be central to this movie, but also still in a supporting role. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's going to be carrying the same sort of dramatic weight as, say, like, Tony. Yeah. Or Thor. Thor, who looks like he's, Cap. he's ready for a rap battle, Thor. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, people are, like, changing all the lyrics from <laughs> yeah. uh, Eminem to fit it. Uh, the one thing I was really hoping we were going to see was a shot of uh, Cap shaving off that glorious beard. Well, there was I the, already miss it. Uh, from the, 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 our, our podcast friend's page. What's it called on Facebook? The Watchtower Database? No, not that one. Planet Broadcast Great Mates? That one. Uh, someone was joking that um, he never... It's it's all a trick of CGI. It's oh. just making fun of, <laughs> of DC to show them how to get rid of how facial it's done. hair. Yeah. And he's actually going to have a beard the whole time. I like. I am, I mean, obviously excited for this movie. I'm, I miss the beard already. I do, I, The beard was stellar. Mm-hmm. I am sad to see it go. And like, I think it's amazing. This has got to be probably... One of the longest waits, or I guess the way of looking at it, like one of the shortest amount of times between first trailer and theatrical release for a movie of this size. Didn't we get one? Or I mean, Solo. Obviously, the movie's not the same size. Yeah. We didn't get the solo, tra- <clears throat> solo trailer until like three months before the movie. Yeah. And I guess like, I feel like the difference there being, that seemed like that was... That was out of fear. That was out of circumstance not out of choice yes like this is marvel really holding back on their marketing and i think they're gonna be very very minimal as As to how much they do yeah and i'm i'm all for that like even the friend i was with my friend jason on friday and he was like starting to dissect all these things like i don't want to hear it Mm -hmm. i don't want to hear your theories i don't want to hear the rumors you've heard from someone's cousin's nephew's brother who knows a guy at marvel like i don't want to hear any stuff who delivered pizza to set once exactly i just want to go in and watch it um, and I really, I will see the major marketing pieces, but I'm going to avoid as many TV spots as I can. Same. I'm going to avoid reviews and like discussions and spoiler threads. I don't want to know any of this stuff. I just want to go in and watch it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's more fun that way. It's so much more fun that way. Yes. It's, it's never, it's never, I mean, there are movies that after, you know, like the big twist or like the big reveal are still enjoyable because they're really well made. But I don't think there's ever been a time when you like, you know, something going in that makes it a better movie going experience. Yeah. No, it's like like the example I'm thinking of is X2, like way, way, way back in the day. Like some stupid friend of mine spoiled for me that Gene dies at the end of it. So when I went in, like, oh, like now I like I can see the Phoenix stuff. But it would have been that much cooler not knowing that. Yeah. I'm not bitter about it still at all. No, I would you? No. Hmm. It's only the best of the X-Men movies. Uh, mm, that are first class, though. Yeah. Mm. I'm inclined towards first class. I have to I have to do a rewatch. It's one of my friends is doing fun romp. One of my friends is doing the full Marvel rewatch. Oh dear God! Every every Marvel property since Blade is that the first one? 
yeah 99 yeah mm-hmm. so i guess they're going for like the semi-modern era they're not going all the way back to like are they gonna watch the really shitty like canon fantastic four film uh no but i think he did watch the the nick fury oh david Hasselhoff one. never seen it never bothered it's, with it it's so wonderfully bad i i bet it is uh but Endgame was not the only Marvel trailer we got this week because we That's also right. got another Captain Marvel trailer, which looked awesome. It does look really good. I, yeah, I, I'm curious because they open up with explaining why Brie Larson bitch slapped the old woman. She was in her seat. Yes, deserved. Yes, and I, I'm curious if that was just because of all the backlash of like, how dare she hit a, how dare she hit an, an elderly lady. person? Yeah. Uh, and so Marvel's like, okay, we have to like we have to do the scroll reveal early. We should probably explain because people are going crazy over this. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it looks really fun. I'm amazed at how much time she spends in the helmet with the Mohawk. Yeah, like I thought that was gonna be just like like an Easter egg sort of thing, like in a single moment happening once. But like, no, like she's in it a lot, mm-hmm. which is awesome to see. She looks so badass. I know. I, I love it. I'm so excited for this movie. And also. Because there's so many rumors going on, like, because, you know, they they say this is not a typical superhero story. Yeah. And so there's a lot of rumors going on around about that. I'm not going to talk about it here in mm-hmm. case people don't want to. Right. Don't want to know potential things, mm-hmm. potential spoilers. Um, no, I mean, I feel like it's going to escalate a lot of things in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's so easy to think about Endgame as being like this huge movie. And obviously it will be. But I think in some ways it's almost overshadowing Captain Marvel and the significance it will play, which in turn, I'm sure it's also deliberate on their part. Oh, sorry. For a quick second, talk about overshadowing. Do you know what else came out on Friday that no one has even talked about online that I've seen? Oh, is it the Kim Possible trailer? No, no it's not the Kim Possible trailer. I watched that. <laughs> I'd sort of die. It looks terrible. It looks real bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, we got the first official photos from the new Men in Black on Friday. Oh, yeah. It looks good. It looks great, but no one knows about that. I know. I, I feel like Chris Hems was like, Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, I'm not just that sad. <laughs> I've got another movie. Don't forget about me. Yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it looks good. I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. Great I, I'm really excited too. for the trailer for that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know when we're going to get one, but super excited for it. Uh, I think soon. Yeah, I would hope soon. Because I don't know. I don't remember when the movie's coming out. I assume 2019. Yeah. But I would think pretty soon. Because they here. wrapped a few months ago. Yeah. I think they wrapped in like July. But no, I think great choice. Like Tessa Thompson and Hemsworth have like really good chemistry. Yeah. Ragnarok uh, too. Yeah, Ragnarok 2. Emma Thompson's back. She was the... Ragnarok 2, fighting aliens. Still, still fighting still, aliens. Still fighting aliens. But you saw Emma B3, right? Of course. Yeah. It was actually pretty good. Yeah. I was surprised by how much I liked it, considering how little I liked Emma B2. Um, and for a time travel story. And, yeah, and also a well-done time travel story. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did love that they had Emma Thompson as the the new head of the MIP. Yeah. R.I.P. said. Um but I'm glad that she's back. Camille Nanjiani is going to be in it. Yes, of course he is. Oh my God, I feel like I feel like he like pushed single handedly pushed for a new Men in Black movie. I just I I'm I'm assuming he's just going to be him. I just really hope that he is in fact himself and not like an alien. Like I want to see Camille Nanjiani as an MIB agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I want I what I really want. Uh, which which studio is Men in Black? Sony. So, okay. So they can't play with Big Bang Theory then, right? No, I would love for them. To that's review. a Warner Brothers yeah. owned show that's on CBS. I was really hoping they would announce that all of Big Bang Theory are aliens. <laughs> they might have a reference in there mm-hmm. somewhere. And I mean, they, they might be able to get just enough. Like you can get a little bit of borrowing here and there. That'd be a great reveal. though. Yeah. 
It was like, yeah, this is like they streamed this show out to the alien. Like that's why it's always number one in the ratings. Yeah, because they stream this out uh, across the cosmos, and it's like the number one show of of what humans are. Wouldn't it also be amazing in the finale of Big Bang Theory if it's revealed that Sheldon is the same alien race from Third Rock for the Sun? That'd be perfect. <laughs> That'd be so perfect. That would be the, the greatest ridiculous twist ever at the end. Um, I have one, okay one more trailer. And I know you saw it because I just made you watch oh, it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Brightburn. Looks fascinating. Looks very, very interesting. Like, I don't... Mm, do we want to actually talk about it? Or should we just tell it. people... I mean, it's to, a trailer. Yeah, okay, yeah. So it's... The whole idea is basically that what if Superman was evil? Mm-hmm. So it takes the... Like, the whole trailer is pulling, like, I think deliberate references even like man of steel like there's a shot of like a swing blowing in the wind and like someone walking through like corn yeah the, the wheat, wheat, wheat field with like wheat their hand and stuff yeah so i mean it's the whole, the briskly whole touching yeah but, like the whole idea of like mom pa can't like they whoever these people are like they want a kid and then one falls from the sky and they keep him and then he develops these powers and like no you're like you're special we love you and then he's like just a monster goes around and starts killing people yeah and it's this really interesting genre twist it looks pretty good. It looks well. I I got a lot of Chronicle feel from it. Yeah, a little bit. And I know Chronicle had to really censor themselves mm-hmm. for to keep the PG thirteen rating. And so I'm curious if they're gonna like adapt anything from that into this movie. Uh, yeah, I guess we don't know yet what it's gonna be rated. It could end up being rated R. It looks like it should be. Yeah, I I hope it is. I think that carries more weight. I think if you're gonna go down that path of taking like. A heroic icon like Superman and making him really dark, especially if you're not actually using Superman, you're just using the archetype. Yeah, go with it. Like, go really far with it. Yeah, and also you kind of need to like just uh, just watching the first half of the trailer, you need to make a statement that this is not for kids. Yeah, and it, and it's it's there. Yeah, it's in the trailer. I mean, even he's got. Like, I also love too that it's still him as a kid. Yeah, it's not like he grows up to be an adult and becomes an asshole. It's like as a kid, as like what a twelve year old. Yeah, he's got all his powers and he's just murdering people. And it's, um, I think it's produced by James Gunn. Mm-hmm. I think it looks good. I'm kind of excited for it, actually. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not a big horror person. I've, I've stated that multiple times on this podcast. I uh, I might break my rule for this yeah, movie. It looks like it might be worth it. Also, I think the trick is you have to pick really good horror. Because mm-hmm. like that's what I've been doing recently. Like, I've been trying to like up my horror game. So like around Halloween, I watched Halloween. I watched yeah. Scream for the first time, which is like a horror comedy. Horror, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it has a little bit of subversion to the whole thing. Um, it's got it's got my favorite Shaggy in it, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, the only Shaggy. Well, there's the rapper. Okay, well, <laughs> I walked into that. I walked into that one. Um, but yeah, I think you just p- pick ones that are like so good that they are those movies that sort of like. Ex- Go beyond their own genre. Yeah. It's kind of like how a lot of people say that, yes, obviously, The Dark Knight is a Batman movie and it's a superhero movie, but it's almost more than that. You know, it's also a Batman movie. What? Robin Hood. Oh, God. Well, on the opposite end of that spectrum. Uh, no, I, I get it, because I feel like we're also in this new age of horror where we, like people care again. Yeah, because well, we're I, getting really good horror. Yeah, we, we've kind of passed the... Par- the I think Paranormal Activity was the thing that, like... like Everyone's like, okay, we've we fucking done this into the ground. There was like five of them. Yeah, but have you seen the first two? No. Like, the thing is, I mean, yes, it'll fuck with your head, but they are actually really, really good. Okay. Like, the first one is amazing because it's, it's just an original idea. And they, it might be hard to go back and visit it now now that it's been done to the, into the ground, mm-hmm. but it's really good. And the second one, 
takes that concept and actually finds ways to make it that much more fucked up. Like it kind of becomes more about the people rather than just the fact that they're in this like house that has some sort of monster going on. Mm-hmm. And it asks some really fucked up questions and makes some really fucked up statements. It's really good. Yeah. Well, I think a also I think a lot of it is also like we're living in such a horror movie right now world. <laughs> There's that, that they too. That, that they don't really have to try to make it scary anymore. Yeah. They kind of just hold a mirror up to the audience. It's like, look like, at what we have. Look how go. scary it is. Look at what's happening around us. Yeah. Um, one that I didn't see, but I saw the trailer for the second one, and it got me really excited, was Happy Death Day. Okay. Did yeah, yeah that's me, the, Were you with me when we saw the trailer for the No, I didn't realize okay. they were making it. That's the one where it's the girl's birthday. Yeah, and it's like... And she, she, it's, it's Groundhog like Day. Groundhog Day, yeah. And so what's Murder clever... Right, exactly. What's clever about the new one is that it's the same plot again, and she's aware mm-hmm. of the fact that it's happening to her again. She's like, fuck, are you kidding me? <laughs> this is shit is going on again? And like... Is it just the next day? Yeah, I think it's like a year <laughs> later. It happens to her again. I was hoping it was the day after the her day birthday. The day after, yeah. Um, it looks like, like it's really like fun and funny and inventive. So that's I, I want to get to watch the first one so I can go check out the second one. I'm okay. excited about it. Um, but maybe we should actually start talking about Batman Let's now. talk about Batman Let's now. talk about Batman. All right. Uh, so we had the return of Curare. We did at this Final week. Cut. And Final Cut, uh, not to be confused with the once editing great, software. now terrible editing yeah. software. Um I had an issue with this right from the beginning. Was it that uh, in the future where we have the technology to repair people that a guy still has a creepy eye that makes him look like a supervillain? Oh, no. I was totally on board with that. His weird, like, almost Count Vertigo-esque, like, eye patch thing. Yes. It's not even an eye patch. It's like a fucking, like, uh, dead shot. Maybe it was a deliberate Glass. choice. Maybe it was more just an aesthetic thing for him. I mean, he was, he was like, a, a sharpshooter with his... Uh, Kunai, not Kunai Knives. Um, the Ninja Stars. Yes, Ninja Stars. Yeah. So maybe maybe it was kind of a, a dead shot kind of thing. Yeah. No, no, my, my issue was not with that. I love that, actually. I love those weird little, like, cosmetic details they include in some of these characters. These, like, throwaway characters. No, it was that this is all about the Society of Assassins. Mm-hmm. And Kirare is supposed to be the best assassin. And the whole point is that because she finally failed to kill someone in the form of... Um, Barbara's husband, Sam, the district attorney of Gotham and uh, Curare, mm-hmm. a, a touch of Curare. Yes. That now they're hunting her down. And so she in turn is hunting down her own colleagues. Great idea for an episode, just a story in general, but she's the world's greatest assassin and she doesn't kill anybody. She just throws a pellet on them. I want to make this argument. I want to make this argument. Is mind wipe murder? Because you are, you are not murdering the body. But the person is now dead. The person I mean, is now gone. It One could argue it's maybe almost worse than death. I mean, it's essentially death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't think it's extreme. It's like I'm going to look up the definition death. of murder. But my issue with it is like just have her kill them. Like We've established that people can die, especially in this series. Like They've pushed it beyond BTOS, where death actually happens. It's treated seriously. It's a real consequence. Um, I mean, look, our last episode was about Barbara hunting down Terry because she thought he killed someone. Like, we actually address death. Yes. So for them to, like, take that really lazy half step, like, oh, this would push it too far if we have people, like, actively die on screen, just bother me. Just, like, even if she kills them off screen, have it be stated that she's killing all of them, not just, oh, my God, my mind has been wiped. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's... Um... Like, yes, we, we did get the tragic death of his father at the beginning, 
but every other murder has been resolved as not murder. And so I think that's how they've got around the censors. No, Mr. Fix from the pilot. The the henchman with the the, the scar across yeah, his yeah, eye yeah. who like uh, was voiced by George Decay. He dies. Okay. Um I got I feel like there was somebody else too that died at some point. I'm but sure. This thing we've established the characters can die. It basically just can't happen on screen but happen off screen. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know, we still get sometimes a bit of the um, the Andrea Moan. It's like we have to remind the audience that don't worry, the character didn't die. Yeah. But we've also kind of stepped enough beyond that. that they should just kill people. I, I agree. But I also see it from the censor point of view of like this is still on Kids WB at 10 in the morning. So uh, uh, physical body murder. So kids have seen Bambi. This Not shit happens. Kids. And that was also off screen. Yeah, so just do it off screen. Yeah. Just imply it. That's way more traumatizing. I mean, I think Mind Wipe is pretty traumatizing. I mean, yeah, because they look really freaky with... But it's like, I think... Because what, what's the joke of, like, when you're a kid, the two scariest things in the world are quicksand and amnesia? Oh, yeah. Wait, but I feel like sometimes amnesia works out because all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't remember who I am. And like, oh, my God, I'm a princess or I'm a superhero or something. That's like, like such Starfire? A, like Starfire, exactly. It's such a like a done and dusted plot point at this point. Like yeah. I feel like it, maybe you almost hope for amnesia. Like you said, like oh my god, maybe I'm way cooler than I actually am, and then eventually realize no, I'm just a boring, boring person. No, no, you don't. You don't want the reverse Anastasia thing. Through, oh, oh, like where she like discovers she's the Romanov princess. You don't want the opposite of like oh, I'm some great person. Like no, you're just oh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like when you get your memories back and you have to be like, shit. I feel like that's been a movie. That has to be a movie. Or a TV episode or something where oh. someone loses their memory and becomes a different person and they become a good person. They used to be, you know, like a mobster or something. And then on their way to do something good, they get their memory back and then realize like, oh, shit, I didn't um, go through with something. And now I'm I mean, I, I, does overboard count. I feel like that kind Is of that what I'm thinking of. I mean, but like it's not they're like not a bad person. I mean, they did the overboard reboot recently. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Not that. Not that movie. No, no, no. I feel like it, it was like... I know a, what you're talking about, but it's something... Um, wasn't it the episode with Metallo? Yes. Oh, yeah. There, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Metallo's he, yeah, thinking He's of. just like hanging out the little girl, and eventually like, all right, I'm a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. Or what we're going to see in Titans next week. Oh, my God. Yeah. Ooh, I'm actually quite excited, though. This is a good episode. We're going to get to it. We're going to get to it. Uh, uh, but yeah. Okay, yeah. I did have... I just... I had a whole issue with that. I, I was um, fine. I, I mean, I understood their workaround. Yeah. But I again, I feel like the destruction of one's mind is worse than murder. I mean, it's pretty bad. Yeah. It is pretty bad. I mean, I guess, I don't know, but she should just kill them. I mean, anyways, we've done that point to death. Did you happen to catch who voices um, the last remaining member of the Society of Assassins? Was it Michael Caine doing the worst Russian accent in the world? No, it was Tim because Curry. Because that's what it sounded like. It was Tim Curry doing a very bizarre, I think, South African accent. Is that what it was? I think that's what it was okay, supposed to be. Because it yeah. sounded like someone British trying to do a Russian. Well, you're not far off. It was someone British trying to do what I'm pretty sure was South Africa. Let me let me let me look and see if I can figure out what that character let me look at that character's name and see if that is uh, like if it's an Afrikaans. Because his name was Bertra. Um, his last name was Bertra. Mutro Batha. Ba okay. Okay, that that sounds South African. Yeah. It does That sounds like Tommy Silicum. <laughs> I don't think his name is South African. Tommy? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a where would that be from? Any where else would that be from? Greek? 
Like the famous, wasn't a philosopher, Ptolemy? I, I'm, or I'm astronomer? Just, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. Ptolemy's a great person. I mean, he grew up in South Africa. Did he? I'm pretty sure he's from there, yeah. I'm, I'm like 80% sure Ptolemy grew up in South Africa. Okay. I'll, or at least was born there. Let me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look. <laughs> I don't know what it says on his IMDb. I'm about ready to find out, but you you continue. Oh, I'm looking at Ptolemy's look. <laughs> that's, that's what I was going to do. God okay. damn it. <laughs> um, but no, I, yeah. I, I love Tim Curry and his weird voice. It was fantastic. He, he, I had so many problems with that character. Where like he he continued to exclaim like I'm the last member of the society yes. the society of assassins, uh, but then when Batman Terry is outside his door, and he's like I'm here, and he's like Where are you? And, like you were trained, right? You're tra- yeah, you shouldn't you notice if there's someone around? Shouldn't you just you? have like a sense at all times when there's people around? And he's like I don't like being in closed quarters. I'm like. That's where you murder people. I think what we've learned from this episode is I don't think the Society of Assassins is actually that good at what they do. I don't think so either. Because even you think about Kirare, she was difficult to best in her first episode. Mm -hmm. She's pretty easy to defeat in this one. Yeah. They did have one of the best animated sequences I think I've seen. I will agree with that. In Batman Beyond, though. I will agree with that, yeah. When they get to the end and they're at the museum of munitions mm-hmm. right is that what it's called museum of armaments yeah yeah, yeah. Cause, well, because it has all the battle planes yeah like what so what i love though is that museums like that still exist in the future yeah I and mean, why wouldn't they i feel like this is it's not full-on dystopian but it's a little bit dystopian i think we see elements of there being um, like highly stratified social classes mm-hmm. in this show. I just have a hard time believing that things like museums would still exist. Like the real estate of Gotham has gotten so restricted that like they have these massive skyscrapers and stuff. Like where is their room? Like there are so many museums in this show. There's like there's like that museum from uh, the episode with um, the Royal Flush Gang. Yep. There's this one. I feel like we're going to see some more. There's like, what building left has enough room for this like massive atrium? Well, maybe it's like, it's may- like bigger than the Smithsonian in terms of how many random fucking planes they squeeze in there. Here, here's my idea for it. I, I bet they're going to do it uh, in the style of how um, Japan and Akihabara and, J- and Tokyo handled their arcades. I don't know what that means. So uh, the Akihabara district in Tokyo is is kind of the the like uh i'm gonna refer to it as nerd mecca okay because they have that that's where like nintendo headquarters is sony headquarters is um that's where kind of like it's like vegas for nerds okay mm-hmm. where it's kind of a whole city based oh. around entertainment that sounds fun yeah and they have these multi-story arcades where they're you know eight floors oh. every floor is a different genre okay you've told me about this yes so i'm imagining that's how the museum is <laughs> where every floor is a different museum <laughs> So it's all the same building? Yes, it's all one learned. building. They just keep going back there again and again and again? Yeah. I mean, that does make sense. I, I did find... Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it... Here, here's how, the, how it works in the future. Okay. Because I imagine it almost like... Because they always somehow break into the skylight. Yes, so many point. skylights. So what I think it is, is under underneath the museum, it's like a... Almost like a parking garage of museums. Okay. 
uh, and they can switch them out depending on what they need. So if they need repairs to one, instead of closing down the museum because that'd make them lose money, mm-hmm. they drop it down be- down below yeah. to you know kind of where the subway system is, and they they kind of pull it out of its slot and slide in museum slide in number a new two level. Yes, I and then raise it back up. One hundred percent on board with this style of museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, rather than just having certain floors closed off they just literally physically move them and swap them around yes that is the sort of crazy quote-unquote efficiency that you would find in an animated show right i, I think that's <laughs> especially exactly in how the future said. especially in the future yeah where things are just way over the top yeah i'm bored perfect this is the same universe where instead of just having more advanced cranes they have like these crazy robots that can't actually do that much in terms of construction mm-hmm. except for they have like flamethrowers because that's necessary yeah they got a weld yeah, no but with welding, they would probably do that with like really intense like spot mm. torches. Can't do that with robots. Or lasers, not with like full on massive flamethrowers. Mm. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I I don't think you understand how future construction works. That's the thing I don't. I think yeah. you're much more in tune with what the future is going to look like. I have a, I have a pretty good idea. Yeah, exactly. It's that youth. It's all that youth in you, Cameron. Yeah. You can just see the future better than I can through well, my glaucoma eyes. I think it's really Elon Musk has seen the future. And so the tiny flamethrower that we have now is just is just the spark for the future <laughs> of flamethrower technology where it's just giant construction robots. <laughs> I forgot that he made a flamethrower. Yeah. Um, for every for a household. A I, household flamethrower. How how long before he builds a secret volcano lair? Or do you think he already has one? I'm sure he has one. He must one. already have one. He, has yeah. to, he had to have bought an island at some point. Yeah, that's true. Speaking, sorry, another tangent for, for a quick second. Speaking of Elon Musk, uh, have you ever seen or heard of Epic Rap Battles? Yes, I know of them. They came back, finally, after a two-year hiatus. Oh, wow. They came back. Their first episode was this past Friday. Okay. And it was Elon Musk versus Mark uh, Zuckerberg. Oh my god! It's really good. Oh, it's a good one. I like that. Mm-hmm. Into the plugs it goes. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we have this assassin who is a bad assassin who's just kind of bad at everything he does. They're so bad. I think that's part of it. It's like everyone in this episode is bad at what they do. Yes, probably up to and including Terry actually in some it, ways. It shows that without, I think without Bruce. All of Gotham would collapse within like a month. Yes. Yes. Because like Max, bless her heart, is trying to help. And I think there are times when that comes off in the right way. Um, I really hated Max this episode. There, there was one moment that I really liked, which was when she is attacked for no reason and spared for no reason by Curare. Right. When she's freaking out, she yells, like, oh, my God, Terry was so scary, without the rhyme. And then when he leaves, he's like, don't call me Terry. And I like that. I like that she wouldn't be, like, self-conscious enough, or she wouldn't think through the fact that she had to be careful how she referred to him. And she amends it later. That detail I like. But it does get kind of frustrating that we're having the same plot for her again and again. Where, I mean, because I, I love her inclusion in general. I, I think Chris Summer is fantastic in this role. And I think, of course, and yeah. I think in general, Max brings kind of a spark to everything. But I would love to see a little bit of variety in terms of the story arc she gets. Because it's basically the same thing that happened to her a few episodes ago, where it's like, I want to be you involved. Know, a spellbinder, yeah. Yeah, like, I want to be involved. No, you'll fuck it up. Okay, wow, I fucked it up. Sorry. 
And then, like, at the moment, like, the end, she gets, like, a moment to, like, be a hero. And it just, it's so weird. And she's also so, so bad at that job. Like, it's, I like that she was clever and tricking the guy at the hotel into letting her into Tim Curry's room. Yeah. That was smart. But then she is the worst sleuth ever. Because she just starts, like, throwing shit around left and right. She's, like, eating his food. Like, that room is a disaster. Like, you got to go piece by piece. Look at it very closely. Look at how it was laid out. Put it right back so no one can tell the difference. Yeah. Like, it doesn't take a detective to know that. No, it's just like common fucking sense. And she's supposed to be super smart. Yeah. So it's just like, ah, can we just do, can we just be a little bit, a little bit better about this? How bad, this is going to sound horrible, Mm -hmm. if they just put her in the Oracle chair. They just took away her ability to walk. Oh my God. Why? (laughs) Why would they do that? Because she's so useless. I don't think that's true. I do think I did like the ending where she were uh, she was talking with Terry and Terry was like, like how do, or she asked, how do you do it? Like, how do you be a hero and not tell any, anyone yeah. where they do explain like the whole point of your character is so Terry can talk about being so, a hero. Yeah, Terry has someone to talk to about it. He needs that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, overall, put her in a wheelchair. <laughs> really? I was very upset with her this episode. Oh my God, Cameron! It was it was expect better from you. Got a little aggression from for towards her in this one. I mean, like she is bad. She's terrible. Like to listen to the place, and then again, like I didn't understand that whole sequence of Kirara showing up. It felt like it was included just to raise the stakes, um, and to give things a sense of danger and to remind us that she's around. But like, why would she attack? How here's here's how you fix it. Um, there's one area. So so the assassin. There's no way Curare would come through the front door. So he has fortified the windows with booby traps. Mm-hmm. So when Curare tries to, like, Sam, or not Sam, Alex is not paying Max? Max, Jesus Christ. Max is not paying attention uh, to the window. She's on the phone with Terry. She sees a shadow move. Yeah. And that causes her to turn around. And Curare is, like, about to cut the window open. And that's when kind of the booby trap goes off. Yeah. That, you know wall something something falls between them mm-hmm. that lets max get away yeah and then she and, they, and then, then she's already spooked you don't need to you don't need to recreate fucking psycho yeah you're, you're right that's a really good solution actually mm-hmm. like it, it's a lot because he's reason. a fucking assassin <laughs> that hasn't done a goddamn thing except his bracelet is a fortified sl- a slap band oh that's true yeah <laughs> which i want one of those i, I mean Chris, you can't talk about your fetishes on on air. It has nothing to do with fetish. I just love slap bands. I mean, that was like a slap band like handcuff. I mean, also I'm always talking about my fetishes on air. That's true. That's true. Um, but no, like <laughs> that's totally all he did. That's yeah. Like that's, he had a gun that blew up in his hand immediately. Yeah, like he just pulls out a rock. Like again, these people should be some form of subtle, and he sees like. A squirrel in a bush, and so he pulls out a grenade launcher. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're so bad at your job. I yeah. can't. Like, no wonder you're all not quite dead. No yeah. wonder you've all yeah, been the mind reason wiped. he's last is because she knew he couldn't do anything. <laughs> exactly. She just left him for the end. He's like, he's kind of useless. Mm-hmm. Also, I love that he has spent three months nonstop up like flying around in a plane. Oh, that, that was the other guy. That was the first guy. Oh, that was the first guy. That's right. Yeah. Which I also want to know, as an assassin, what's the point of having bodyguards? Because he had two bodyguards. I mean, I guess 
because he was the target he needed. Were they but also assassins? <laughs> Were they like, same level as him? No, not the same level. They're like underling assassins, okay. obviously. So they were trainees. Yes, they're working their way up. Okay. <laughs> I do see your point, though. If you're like <laughs> the world's best killer, why would you hire like a bunch of rent-a-cops to try and protect you? Yeah. Mm. I mean, body shields, I guess. Yeah. They were bigger than him. Just cannon fodder. Mm-hmm. Although none of them die, though, either. Well, I mean, the plane crashed. No, it, it didn't because they, they fell in the body. They what? They didn't, found, they, didn't they find the body? What did happen to the plane? I don't remember. I feel like we just cut away. No, we just we don't know what happened. We don't. To the plane. Okay, sorry. sorry we, she she jumps. Okay, this is another ridiculous scene. So so she, she so she does murder. Him. She throws the 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 acid pill. The mind like mind wipes him, mm-hmm. and then she slices the door so that they get sucked out. Like all the air is getting sucked out of the plane, and like she holds on. So I assume this was her way of like clearing. Like that was like her version of like an over the top double tap. Yeah. She has a chance to stab him and doesn't. So I'm like, okay, she's going like, to have everyone get sucked out of the plane. But instead, she hangs out for like 30 seconds, and then she jumps out herself. And then she has a jetpack, which my favorite part about that jetpack is that it is a pull string start, like a goddamn <laughs> yeah. lawnmower. I know, I love that. <laughs> I was really waiting for her to like, pull it and like, had not go like, oh, God. <laughs> she just continued to <laughs> fall. And then she flies off. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Real, it really was. It's supposed to be out of fucking Looney Tunes. Yeah. But it was also supposed to be serious. Not No, so what they do is she she ha- she grabs that jetpack from the plane. There's one other one. And so <laughs> the second guy, the bodyguard, is chasing after her. And he's the one who has to rev it. And then he falls through a barn because it's <laughs> fucking Looney Tunes. Or uh, he could fall through a circus tent and it could be Moonraker. It's true. See? Very true. It still happened. And uh, he's the one that kills the Graysons. <laughs> <laughs> it's full circle. He kills the future Graysons. Yes. It's like it's like Dick Grace's children become trapeze artists and they have a son. Dick Grayson's like hanging out with his his it's like his son, his daughter-in-law, his grandson, and they're just chilling, having a nice time, and just this bodyguard falls through the tent and kills them. Yep. And then he takes in the grandson. Yes. And they decide to never fight crime. Right. He learned his lesson the first time. Because he can't afford it. He (laughs) can't afford it. It's perfect. Where's that series? Where's Grayson Beyond? Grayson Beyond. Son, I have I have a secret to tell you. I know I look like a cool cop on the outside, but I'm actually an accountant at night. (laughs) I'm just a generic bureaucrat. Once, once night falls, I am the pencil pusher. I am tax man. <laughs> tax man. Tax man. Yeah. Poor, poor Dick. Poor Dick and his his all dead family again. There's just so many dead. You just can't cut a break. That would just be like the most morbid, but also like just kind it's his of first kind time of funny going. joke. So he he's been fighting his kid. He's been fighting his son for so long. Like you don't want to be in. Like I don't want you to be in the circus. Yeah. Like I have such bad memories of that. And so he he's he's cut his son off from his life. He's like he's cut mm-hmm. him out. So him and his wife they start up their own circus. It's it's the Grayson the Grayson Circus. Yeah. And finally he's come to accept. He's come to accept his son. He he's let go of the past, right, for good. It's like fine, you can live he's your like, dreams and also become a trapeze artist. 
Yes, like I will support you. I will come. I will come to your grand opening to support you, support you and your wife and my grandson because I love you and my trauma does not match my love for you. <laughs> and as as his son takes his first leap, Dick stands stands up and he's like, "That's my boy. That's my boy." And then it's pow! Right there. <laughs> no. <laughs> How can the same shit keep <laughs> happening to the same guy? Yes. Okay, I do. I do want to talk about for another moment here, uh, the Museum of Armament. Okay. So not only is it filled with just uh, tons of like classic war planes, like the Red Bear and all this other stuff, which that place gets wrecked. Yeah. Like millions. Like, that's not even fair to say millions of dollars. Like, priceless antiques are just getting destroyed left and right. And Batman's just sitting there just, like, shooting batarangs willy-nilly, which does give us probably the best animated sequence yet in the whole... It is so The whole gorgeous. show as, like, Karari's leaping from thing to thing towards him. And, like, it's kind of steady on her as she's we jumping around. We didn't deserve that good of an animated no, sequence. No, like, it's so good. I mean, it's not good enough to, like, overcome the rest of this rather terrible episode. Yeah. But it is a like just look it up on YouTube. Like it's I'll, a brilliant I'll just animated sequence. Yeah, just, just kind of gif it. Thank you. It's a brilliant animated sequence. Um, it's only like four seconds. <laughs> but it's so good. It's so good. Um, but also, can we talk about the fact that uh, Tim Curry, whatever his name, South African Tim Curry, um, Vickis Van uh, Curry what's has what they call him? Uh, uh, Butra. Butra. He has hidden the bomb inside. What is a replica, obviously. Of the Big Daddy. Of, well, do you know what that bomb was? Wasn't it the one that, that was one of the two. Yes, yeah. it was Fat Man and Little Boy were the two bombs dropped on Japan at the mm-hmm. end of World War II. So this museum has a replica of Little Boy, which that actually, I could see that being a thing. It's of a historical significance. Yeah. Fucked up historical significance, but nonetheless. But the fact that... He hides the bomb in it. Like the writers decided that was a clever little joke yeah. to have a bomb hidden inside. Uh, Again, Chris, this is, you know, pre 9 11 days, you could get away with a lot more. I guess, I guess you really could. You could get I, away with so much. I guess you could get away with making a joke out of one of the two nuclear bombs as of yet dropped on a human civilization. Yes. Um, as of the time recording this. As of the time we're recording this, if the audio cuts out, in the middle of it, you know what happened. Yes. Um, we'll still get it out to you. Yes. <laughs> whatever whatever <laughs> our mutated afterforms look like, we'll still make sure the edit goes out. Well, I mean, you'll make sure the edit That's goes true. out. That's true. Yeah. Uh, who knows what you'll be up to. You'll, I'll, I'll you'll be, you'll be a mutated Disneyland. You'll be a dystopian yes. Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, Dismaland. This, ooh, nice. Oh, isn't that the that, Banksy, that's the, the Banksy yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he puts it inside of it. That's a terrible joke. But also, how the fuck did he get it in there? Because like... That thing was suspended. Because he's an assassin, Chris. Because he's one an thing, assassin. This is the one thing he's good at. Yeah. Like, he can't kill anyone or have any sort of, like, spatial awareness, but he's really, really good at, in two trips, hiding a bomb inside of a another bomb suspended from, I don't know, a... That was sealed. A one, yeah, a sealed bomb that's, what, 100 feet, maybe, yeah. above the ground? Mm-hmm. He's got to have some skill set. Yeah, it's child's play for an assassin. Yeah, he missed his calling in interior decorating. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's so ridiculous. Yes. I also want to, just for a very a very brief second, talk about how many clothes he had at his hotel room. 
And he yeah, he wears the same outfit and so many time. clothes. <clears throat> yeah. I guess those are just like his going out clothes. <laughs> those are all of his disguises That's that he chooses true. not to use. Right. Because he's got too much pride. Well, no, he would ex- he would expect Kirari to expect him to be in a disguise. Ah, oh, that's true. Yes. Hiding in plain sight. Exactly. <laughs> like how well that worked out for him. <laughs> I mean, she didn't... I guess she did catch him, yeah. Yeah. Pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Despite the fact that she is, too, a terrible assassin. Yes. God damn it. Oh, everyone's so bad at their jobs. Everyone. Uh, especially th- Max. Especially Max. Any other thoughts on this? Uh... Terry trying to talk to the humane side of an assassin. Oh, where he's yeah. like, there's a bomb in here that's going to blow up half the city. Don't you want to help? No. No. Why, why? Why would she? Why? She's got a pull string jetpack. She can just get the fuck out. That's true. But what if she accidentally, what if Terry fired a battery and they cut off her pull string? Ooh. Mm. Ooh, I don't know what she'd do then. She'd just stay and die. She'd hold up a sign that said help. <laughs> and then phew, fall yep. straight down. Yep. Uh, I think that's about it. It's a weird episode. It, it was a weird episode. Um, but we'll we'll roll along here to Titans. Um, that's an improvement. I think it's fair. I to think say. so. We we almost got Thad Castle. We yes. We got like a minute of Thad. Uh, I do have a note in my my notes here that just says Blue Mountain State. Yes. I feel like they had to like <laughs> they they couldn't have any reference to blue or yellow in any color palette for this episode. No. Just just because they couldn't like. Yeah, dare the we, comparison. We basically got uh, the story of what would have happened to Thad Castle had he been molested as a child. Yes. Can we just talk that about? Was, yeah. How like, so, why, why, was that where they went with this? It just felt a little bit cheap and creepy. Mm-hmm. Like they. And again, I think overall this is a pretty solid episode, but I think this particular point is worth talking about because they're definitely trying to give texture to all these people. And they're basically like, I mean, the the thesis of this show is basically like, look how fucked up it is yeah. to be a superhero. I also just re- realized this isn't the first time we've dealt with child molesters in the show. The very first thing Dick does in episode one is go after the guy who molested his or who who like did something to his daughter i think he did he beat his daughter forgive how this sounds okay i think he only beat his daughter i don't i don't sorry i don't excuse me i'm stepping out of turn oh god this it's so hard to talk about this episode but but you do have to kind of come to the you know if if it's, it's kind of the comedy point of like if you can't make fun of everything you shouldn't what's the like oh yeah I think I know what you're talking about. It's yeah, like, if you can't it, make fun of everything, you don't deserve to make fun of anything. But it's, I think, yeah. But this is not this is not the platform I want to have this discussion for. Well, and I think just because it it doesn't feel like a a realistic approach to the whole thing. And again, very luckily, never having experienced anything like this, I don't know what a person would do afterwards. But it it felt like a quick way to justify how fucked up he is yeah without actually acknowledging the reality of living with that it it felt like it was a reverse engineer sort of thing it wasn't like they went in like hey okay we're trying to tackle a lot of heavy stuff in this show we're we're gonna tackle like child molestation and we're gonna take it very seriously and we're gonna really explore what that does to a person it was more like 
okay, we really need like we a need a way... reason for him to be angry. Yeah, we need a reason for him to be angry. We all seen the show how like even at a young age he was always looking out for his younger brother and like how like he basically would just willfully like dive into bad situations, save his brother. Mm, should we just have like a child molester coach? Should we just do that? Yeah. And it just it just felt a little bit cheap and easy and just like really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And like not in an uncomfortable way. Like oh, this is something that I should learn like have a better understanding of and greater empathy for just like this is just flat uncomfortable yeah and like and and coming from from our perspective for a quick second because it's all about us it, well, yes i mean uh, we, we we try and make this podcast funny i think we succeed sometimes <laughs> yeah if you have a low bar for comedy this is a very hard subject to to kind of tap dance around yes if only we were the weekly planet guys they somehow do such a good job with that i think yeah. it helps their australian and a lot funnier than us yes definitely much funnier than us much funnier uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it made me very uncomfortable watching the beginning of this episode. Well, and, and also when it, when it comes back, mm-hmm. right? So it's when we, you know, we learned that Hank was like, basically saved his brother from getting molested as a kid and, and opted, opted to get like willfully sort of molested instead. Ugh. Um, when it comes back and he finally tells this to Dawn, mm-hmm. I just thought they didn't do a lot with it. Like, I don't remember that conversation being particularly long. He's basically just like, oh, there was this coach. Well, she's asking him, and I, I, obviously I can't relate to anything that he's saying, um, but she's asking him uh, kind of what happened and why, what have you done about it? Yeah. And he says nothing because if I just stay away, then I can continue to act like it didn't happen. Yeah, and I guess that, that part of it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, did you buy that Dawn... Had years of, of fighting experience? No, I didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, they just... They threw it out there. <laughs> just They just... For two... Twice that happens in this episode where some character's like, oh, I see you did a bunch of martial arts at some point. Now this all makes sense. Yes. Both the Dawns. Also, can we talk about that? Yeah, that's weird. Why they're both named Dawn. Dawn and Donnie. Yeah. And why... Don, Don, and Donnie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Why, like, I was at least hoping at some point it would be acknowledged that, like, it's such a coincidence. But, nope. No. Nope. Yeah. Well, so so my, my, my thing was... Uh, clear, we know going into this that they, they're having a, a relationship. But they are kind of setting it... They're trying to do the rom-com thing. Or the, the romance thing of like, oh, no, we're just friends. We're just really good friends dealing with trauma together. Yeah. Uh, and so I saw it as he's seeing her as his brother, you know, as, as a replacement for the yeah. sibling. I, and, you know, and I will say that after that really terrible car crash, which oh, which Maddie, uh, Maddie tweeted about it. He's like, I can't wait to hear what the Tim Talk boys have to say about that horrible CGI car crash oh, that made him laugh. It... So, I, I had to go back and rewatch it. I did too, because I couldn't tell what the fuck happened. Yeah. Because it was it was so so basically like we we established that it Hank, could have been done with Hot Wheels and it, I wouldn't it would have been so much better. I know. It's like because it's established, okay, like Hank and his brother, um, like they are the like the initial versions of Hawk and Dove, and they're basically just gonna go out there and like clean up the system they think it's broken. And then we meet Dawn and her mom, and then they all like bump into their meat cute in the middle of the meat cute this fucking car this comes. runaway van, like collides with another car that then drives 
into the like the newspaper stand where into, everyone into the is mom hanging out. and yeah and, and runs Donnie. over the mom and Donnie. It's like both Hank and Don lose like the people that are most important to them in the same moment, which that I concept works, but like the cutting is so fast and CGI is so bad. Like you're like, wait, what? What yeah. happened? Like but then, but then hold on. So, so that happens, and then they go to uh, their meetings afterwards to do try the grief and, counseling. Yeah, the grief counseling, where the woman says to them like. We had no one to blame for this tragic accident. Like, yeah, we do. Yeah, you you do. <laughs> the, the runaway driver. Yeah, and because like there, there were like, it was it was grief counseling specifically for this car crash. How many people died in that car crash? Because there are what at least a dozen people in that room. Yes, implying that there are somewhere. At, it like, was the busiest newsstand like, in all oh of Gotham. Oh my god! Like in my mind, okay, there was the two of them, and yeah. like maybe the guy working the stand, and like maybe one other person, because it literally just plows into the stand and then stops. Not like it keeps careening over. Maybe or, like, maybe the a big news- explosion or something. Maybe the newsstand guy was just really really likable, and it's all of his like friends and family. <laughs> My God, because there's so many people in that grief. Yeah, I mean, I I got it if like the the flyer was just like general grief counseling, but it was no, it's like car crash. But it's specifically for that incident. It yeah. was like at like the B Street incident or whatever. And it's like what? How? Just what is happening here? Yeah, so many people died. Mm-hmm. Just uh, gloss but yeah, I, over I wanted that. something more like because I, I watched it again because you hear, you know, there's voiceover of Hank being like, "Hey, look out." Yeah. Uh, and I wanted it to be where, like, he has to pull Don, like, he has to choose between saving Donnie or Don. Yeah. And he grabs Don instead of him, instead of his brother. Yeah. Because then that makes so much more fucking sense. Or Donnie jumps in the, like, tries to push the mom out of the way. Yeah. But doesn't get there in time and they well, both lose. It, it, you feel like. Because then there's more stakes of him, like, then there's reason for him to give up the mantle. Like, you know, they were only heroes for a little bit. Yeah, like a hot second. Yeah. But then he's like, no, I don't want that part of my life. And then Don comes, kills his fucking coach. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, we can still do this together because this is our new grief counseling. It Yeah, it, it does feel like in that car crash moment, like they're they're covering up a fuck up. Mm-hmm. Like you feel like they didn't like the something went wrong with you. You expect some sort of reaction from somebody in there, but like the way it cuts, like that weird aerial shot, like you, yeah, you like you expect to see some sort of reaction from like the mom and Donnie right for the car crash, or, like you said, or like or like Donnie tries like move the mom out of the way and mm-hmm. they both get hit, or like or like or, like you said, like Hank like just an instant grabs Don because she's right next to him and yeah. like doesn't even think about Donnie, like. There, there needed to be something there, but it, it just, it happened so quickly and so poorly that, it, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm asking. And like car crashes are not hard to make. Like you don't have to do that CGI. It's no. not an expensive thing. I mean, yeah, like for us, it'd be expensive, but for a, a fucking TV set, what's the show? 24 or Bone, whatever the one that's in the Warner Brothers um, studio, not Warner Brothers, the Universal Studio Tour. Oh, Bones? yeah. Maybe it's bones. I, I think so. Like, you know, they show you how a car crash happens and how like a whole subway collapses. Yeah. It's not hard to do. It's not hard at all. And like the, and the it's, f- it's cheaper. I think I don't know how how much they pay their CGI artists. Not a lot, clearly. Yeah. I think it'd be cheaper to just CGI in the two people on from green screen into yeah. the car crash. Yeah. Well, and this is one of those weird moments where I'm going to give a lot of credit to the CW, which does a lot of that sort of shit fairly practically. Mm-hmm. Like think about how many cars they wrecked on Smallville. 
Oh my God. So many. Every one. All of them. Yeah. Like Vancouver had no more cars left. Yeah. Um, just tractors. Yeah. Even then they ruined a few of those. Yeah. So I just, they, yeah, it just seemed like a weird moment. Like, oh fuck, we run out of budget. Or something went wrong. We're just going to mask it there. But like it, it does, to Maddie's point, it really lessens the moment. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be like this huge turning point for both these characters. And it's just so clunkily done that it, it kind of falls apart. I feel like this was the cheapest episode we've had like i don't I know how much so. they're paying Thad. i don't know how much they're paying thad yeah because that that might be a factor of like when we yeah, have I mean, him we have to we he, can't do any of the special well, I mean, effects yeah like and is it minka kelly i think right is the is dawn that sounds right yeah i mean they're both known-ish mm-hmm. so like they, they probably have a bit of a, a paycheck and then um yeah because even in uh even in episode two there's no special effects in that episode either yeah also um you you're not as big of a star trek fan so you probably didn't catch who the mom was no. Marina Sirtis, a.k.a. Donna Troy. Not Donna Troy. Um, <laughs> um, God, oh, my God. It's Donna some. No, no, that's a God, singer. Oh, Deanna Troy. Okay. This is what, they're very close. Deanna Troy from yeah. The Next Generation. Gotcha. Um, love her. So glad to see her in anything. Um, yeah, it just, it did feel kind of cheap. Now, what I will say, though, is after that sequence, their, like, rom-com moments I actually thought played really well. So did I. I think they like that would have been like I would have watched that like Netflix special. Yeah, like they they actually they have people that meet at grief counseling and use each other until the very end, because that's what really like I got a little angry about this because like uh, like I know people that have been dealing with grief. Yeah, uh, where their their answer to grief is just like, oh, we'll just fuck, and then we'll feel better. And like, yeah, that's, you know, a, a temporary solution, but, but they're treating it as like the, the end all, like, that's all we need. All I needed was just see her naked and then I'm, <laughs> then I'm healed. Did, I mean, did you, I guess, did you buy that moment? So to offer a little bit of context, I mean, I think most people have seen this, but like, yeah, so they have their, their like rom-com moments, which I think play well. They, they are both charismatic. They have good chemistry. Mm-hmm. And then she tracks down the coach and she goes to like confront the coach and beats the shit out of him and then he shows up and like we're gonna beat the shit out of him together yes i guess they it's unclear whether they kill him or not yeah i i assume they because of this show i assume they do and like the weird so the weird thing in that moment and i'm gonna get to your your point there about the the fucking um the weird point in that moment is that when hank shows up when thad shows up and starts beating the crap out of him dawn finds yes this, child this, pornography this on his angry. laptop it's like was that just open on his laptop well i i think it was them needing another excuse for like obviously it's it's what he did was horrible and bad yeah but they need like another thing of like oh yeah he he molested thad but that was 40 minutes ago we need like we need to remind now, you of why he's so bad. Yeah, now he's still doing that. It, yeah, it just again it felt weirdly kind of convenient, and I, I think I, it took away from the character growth. I think it would have been more impactful for Thad if like he's trying to explain like, no, I've changed. Like I I'm so sorry I did that, and then he's like, you fucking ruined my life. Yeah, and that's when he kind of goes overboard. And, I and him and Donna like yeah. Oh shit, that felt good. I. Let's fuck. I was waiting for like his family to run into the room. Yeah. That's where I thought it was going to go, which I thought would have been more fucked up and more complicated and more interesting and maybe a bit more real. Yeah. 
Like the reality for a show that's trying to be real, like well, realistic. And I think that's the problem is I don't think the show wants to be realistic. I think it wants to be gritty and extreme. And it wants to be like here because it, it it's like, oh, this is what it'd be realistic to be like superheroes. Like, well, no, this is what it'd be like if all the superheroes are super fucked up. Yeah. And but it doesn't have that sort of realism. And I thought that would have been a much more interesting moment of conflict for them. Um, of being like, what do we do now? And like the fact is, if they had evidence, the best thing that could have happened would have been for them to turn him into the police. Yeah. And I feel like that's, again, the problem with the show is that it just opts to kill people rather than to actually see justice come through. Well, playing devil's advocate for a second, they do go into the point of when they start being, I'm going to say vigilantes, not superheroes, because they're vigilantes. Yeah. Um, these are the guys that, like, the police just let go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, they acknowledge the system's broken. Yeah. So and so, like I could see him kind of tainted by that. Yeah, you know, kind of having the blood in his eyes of like, okay, no one else is going to do it, so I have to do it. All right, yeah. So I guess that's fair. So then, this is getting to the point you made a minute ago. Like, how did you feel that moment when then they get back from it and then they have sex? It it like it it just felt very weird. It did. Yeah. It's it. I mean, like, because there was no there was never like a tension build up. Like there were there were flirty lines where yeah. she's like, you know you, you know for someone who's having me sleep in another bed, you really got my pants off. Or oh yeah, she's like you literally trying the pants off. Yeah, me. Which yeah. Like, that's like again like there's some good playful fun stuff in mm-hmm. there. Um, it's like you know what's going to happen, uh, but then that was just like the wrong time. It's yeah, it just it felt it felt a little bit out of place. I would have rather it been a more sensual than sexual moment where like. They they go back to the apartment. Thad just goes straight to his room. Hank, sorry, I need to not call everyone him knows. Yeah, Hank just goes straight to his room, um, because he's like you know, because he's he's been beating the shit out of people for you know, we'll say we'll say a month at yeah. this point. Um, but she hasn't. She's never done this, and yeah. so then she you know, she is can't sit still, and so she goes into bed. Like she goes into his room. Yeah, and then just gets in bed with him. Um, and he kind of turns and you see his softer side for a minute where he turns and just kind of holds her. Yeah. I mean, and I th- then they wake up and she's like, we can't do that again. I mean, what you're describing reminds me of um, Casino uh, Royale. Mm-hmm. Like after the stairwell fight when yeah, she's he's in, in the she, shower, she's in the yes. shower and she like she has blood on her hands. And again, Bond, especially that version of Bond is very stone cold. Mm-hmm. But that that's a very sensual, romantic, sweet moment. Where he gets there in the shower with her and like just comforts her. Yeah. And it's like. That in of its own way, like, builds that relationship and is way sexier than just, like, a sex scene. Yeah. And you're right. I think, I think they needed some sort of, like, sensuality there. But I, I was like... And, then, sh- and then if you do that, that shows that, like, he's gotten, like, part of that anger out. Yeah. And now he can start to let people in a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Well, and also establishes that if he's constantly dealing with anger, she is the salvation. Yes. Like, she is what keeps him going. They're like he still needs the outlet, but because she's doing it with him, she can kind of help keep him in control, which I feel like is part of the hawk dove dynamic. Exactly. Anyways, and I think it just gives all those characters more texture. And I think I think they were trying to go for some sort of bit of sensuality there. They're also, I think, it felt kind of like a bit of a riff off the Watchmen too, mm-hmm. like the sex scene, the goddamn hallelujah sex scene up in Archie. Hallelujah. Um, yeah. I mean. I guess it's also hard not to have it just be super sexy because they're both just very attractive people. They are very attractive people. My yeah. God. Helen Richardson just, oh, you get to see so much of him too. It's so fantastic. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, and I, I also think they don't know what where their standing is with those characters because like so they sleep together and then at the end she's like we can't keep doing this so because I thought the implication is going to be that they were a couple for a long time and that she cheated on him with Dick but mm-hmm. I guess like they slept together and then they decided to become crime fighters but not be in a relationship she slept with Dick that d- ended and then they became. I didn't involved. even think about that. I guess so. Yeah, and I, it's it's all kind of murky. And then the the other question I have, which I guess then kind of leads into where it's going to go next, is can Raven project through time? After projection. Was that, were they dreaming? It I was, was a, so yeah, confused. It was a dream because he drugged himself. Yeah. And she was in a coma. I guess, I like, guess. I guess that was just. And so it was astral projection, yeah. I guess that was the weird part for me. It was like, they were flashback, but like by adding, adding in that, layer of it being like a flashback to the lens of a dream it just didn't feel like a dream all the way through it was just a flashback yeah and so like i just thought that was so weird that like it also threw me off because there are times when it seemed like it was the modern i don't know it just it really threw me off when raven kept appearing i liked that idea like that she was in the background there like was, screaming for help there was but, a scene and i i don't want to go back and rewatch this episode but i might just kind of speed through it because i think they might have hid raven in a few scenes Oh, interesting. Because there was one specific one where uh, it's it's right after they're they're in the middle of their their uh, rom com montage mm-hmm. where they're walking with pizza to, uh, towards camera, mm-hmm. and in the background you see a girl with purple hair sprint oh. across the street. I saw that. Yeah, it was like the girl running and, in the background. I'm like that's so weird. Yeah, and so I went back and rewatched it to see if I could get any detail, and I can't, I can't. It, it's, no, it's you know, they, they blur yeah. out the background. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like. That would have been fascinating. That would have almost been Inception esque. Yeah. Of like, if she's trying, like, she's in the dream, but she can't find them in the dream. Yeah. Like that would have been. I mean, that would have been too many layers for this. Yeah, kind of it, it would have. It just. It was a little bit clunky. It, it. It felt like again they had to remind you that sort of background tension was happening. Yeah. In the another part of the story, it, it didn't quite land for me. Although it's kind of an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. But again, like. I am very excited for the next episode. Yeah. Because like we're jumping back to that storyline. Like We only have two more episodes of the season. That's true, yeah. It's like, we're coming up real fast. Yeah, like, Corey's going to have her, her powers, her memories back, mm-hmm. like, full control of her powers. She's trying to kill Raven. Donna and Dick are on their way there. Clearly, the lasso? The, la- the lasso? The lasso. Isn't, sorry, did you see the trailer? I didn't watch the teaser. Oh, okay, no. sorry. We see the lasso? We see the lasso. Oh, my God. Okay, now that's exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, like, I, I'm sure Hawk and Dove and jason are going to show up there too it's like it's it's exciting to see all these kind of threads coming back together yeah um and for the most part again like we were nitpicking on some of the really clunky stuff that happened but i think for the most part this is a pretty good episode Mm -hmm. um and again it just goes to show how much you need really charismatic leads yes again i would much rather watch a hawk and dove series after this yeah i mean i i think the problem with the show continues to frankly be Brenton Thwaites, who I think is trying to do his best, but I think was just a little bit miscast. Well, and I, I, you brought up the point last week a few times of like, even with good actors, you have to give them something good to act on. And there were moments in this episode where you could just really tell Thad was struggling to get words out. Cause like, Oh, the, like the dialogue in some of these scenes was really bad. And like, and, I mean, I like that this show is giving him a chance to show a bit more of his range because I think he is very good, and I mm-hmm. think he handles actually a lot of the more dramatic stuff really well. Again, yeah. you can do comedy, you can do drama, because as we know, being former improvisers ourselves. Yes, we are very uh, dramatic people. Is, uh, well, yeah, but comedy is grounded in drama. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's... Comedy he's, is pain. Comedy is pain. He's really good. Um, yeah, I don't know, but pretty exciting for next week. Mm-hmm. Also, we're almost done with this, thank God. We're almost done. <laughs> 
this this terrible experiment that we had to cons- like follow through on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just want to I want to end on a on a happy like overall. This is a pretty good episode. We, we've been we've decent. been pretty nitpicky. Yeah, because what we do. Well, but I also think it's more inter- interesting to talk about the stuff that like raises questions. Oh, absolutely. Than just like how else we're gonna fill the half hour. Yeah. Otherwise, it would just be us talking like Phantasm again. Like, oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I I just want to end on the high note of yes. talking about the the college party where we see Thad be Thad again, Thadding it up. Yeah. Just hanging out with his football friends. And it's like, everything's good, man. What are you talking about? I'm not in pain. I'm good. I'm good. Good. I'm great. You want a beer? I want a beer. beer. Yeah. Yeah. You want a mojito? I want a mojito. (laughs) I would have loved it if he had a mojito. I feel like it's just like like a reference in there for those who know. I feel like it's such thin ice with that. We're like, they they couldn't have a mojito on set anyway. Yeah, exactly. It'd be too too close. No mojitos, no more teenies. Yeah. Mm, Such a shame. Mm -hmm. God, I love that. Me too. Love that so much. No cocaine. No, no cocaine. I love cocaine. Less said about uh, the Blue Mountain State movie, the better. That was not particularly good. But that show, though. Well, no, I was talking about, uh, I think it's like the start of season three when Thad loses his scholarship. Yeah. And they do the flashback of like, yeah. well, how did you spend all that money? <laughs> and yeah. It's just him. I love Cocaine. <laughs> uh, I love him so much. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, this is a pretty good episode. It was good. I yeah. really enjoy it. No, no, I, I, um, I also, I did for the most part, uh, quite enjoy it. Uh, oh, I, I do want to bring up, uh, I don't know how much attention you put, how much attention you put into the posters in the background. No, not at all. Um, it's, it's very, college 2008 is it uh they had an assassin's creed poster a bruce lee poster okay a v for vendetta poster uh and then when they're at the bar they have a caricature of batgirl in the background oh that's cool oh i did see that yeah, yeah. The painting okay i thought that was really interesting i have two th- i have two thoughts on that mm-hmm. uh no boondock saints surprisingly surprisingly i did in fact have a v for vendetta poster in my freshman did. year dorm room i mean i had i had the mask Okay, good choice. Excellent mm-hmm. choice. Um, also, that's interesting. So that implies that in this universe, yes. V Vendetta is a film that exists, a film based on a comic yep. owned by, by DC. DC. Yep. Got it. Okay, great. Just mm-hmm. want to make sure we have that clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course. Great. And um, we know Bruce Lee exists in this universe, what? which is exciting. Oh. Well, but, we know that Bruce Lee was a real person well, yeah, in, why wouldn't in, he be? in DC. I don't know. He never have different heroes. I mean, the only the only murky. T- okay, actually, hang on. There is murky territory there, because Bruce Lee played Cato in the 1960s Green Hornet TV show. It's true that crossed over with the 1960s Batman. Mm-hmm. So confusion, confusion. Yes. Ugh. And let's at least talk about Brandon Lee. If we have Bruce Lee. No, that's we'll true. We have Brandon, have Brandon Lee, Lee, the Crow. Now was the Crow. I don't think that's DC. No, I feel like that was an independent publisher. Mm-hmm. I don't know, to be perfectly honest, though. Yes. I don't think it was. I don't think it was Vertigo. I don't think I don't so think either. So. No, no, no. Okay. Well, at least we got Bruce Lee. Yes. Uh, let's real quick. Let's run through some uh, notes from friends. Not not a whole. Oh, hold on. Last, last, last oh last my one. god. god sorry, damn sorry, it, sorry, Cameron. sorry. Was, if you I looked had... at the clock, I'm trying to cut these things. Down. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, why does Kumbaya get such a bad rap? It's a piece of shit. But it's so warming. But it's like a cliche. It is. But it's like a cliche that has now become in of itself another level of cliche. Yes, exactly. Because I don't remember the last. I actually I do know the last time I heard Kumbaya on an episode of anything was 1999. 
and there in you recess. Go. And there you go. Yes. I feel like every and other since then, mm-hmm. I've always heard the cut the kumbaya bullshit. Yeah, or like um, in role models when like the guy like oh that's busts right. out the guitar, he's yeah. kumbaya. It's like yeah, now it's just basically okay. Just, I forgot about that one. Just a cliche. Um, but if you want to write into us and tell us what your thoughts are in kumbaya, by yes. all means, do so. Uh, do you still like to sing kumbaya? Oh god. Oh. Let us know. Send us a voice recording. Um, just a couple quick little things here. Uh, one is Maddie brought up something pretty awesome. So after I witnessed last week, we were talking about what it'd be like if, um, like Barbara had seen, like the fact that Barbara's seeing a hallucination and what it'd been like to see it from her perspective. And he pointed out that in the, um, Batman Beyond comics that came out back when the show was on, so the original run, um, there is a comic, I believe it's called Fearful Symmetries, Batman Beyond number 13, where it talks about the fact that Barbara still has fear toxin induced nightmares oh shit like the 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 hangover from it still causes nightmares for her like decades down the line which is just a really cool nod to the cartoon but also just like gives again some like depth and texture to that whole universe that sort of stuff would still stick around it's a really cool idea yeah which is pretty awesome. So I want to try and track down that comic at some point. Uh, and then also, I just want to, uh, I guess, sort of thank you, one Cameron, for that amazing <laughs> filibuster thank you. post. That is so goddamn funny. It's so amazing. We, we got a lo- lot of lovely comments on that on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's so good. Thank you. I had fun with it. Yeah, I'm sure. You, I mean, it looks it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so clever. Um, no, but that's super, super fun. Uh, but beyond that, just a little couple quick little things. What's your plugin? Oh, man, it's been a week. Um, there was a video that Nerdist did uh, by our good friend Hector Navarro. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, 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 it was kind of, as I told you, uh, my magnum opus of viewing experiences. It's downhill from there. It's all downhill. Nothing I will ever watch was, ex- was as exciting as this video. But he, he did a video connecting basically every cartoon in existence is connected in the same universe in some way that's amazing and it's like like you know i love i love you know cross stories like yes cartoons crossovers cartoon crossovers yes uh and he even makes the joke at the very end it's like we almost have some kind of like cartoon network (laughs) (laughs) because it all i mean it all stems from cartoon network in the beginning yeah uh but i highly recommend checking that out it's such a cool video okay so what are without going too far into it (laughs) it's succinctly as you can what are the two most like extreme shows he's able to to merge like to connect? Uh, well, well, basically, um, the the one that connects almost everything, weirdly enough, is um, is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, it's connected to okay. everything. It, it, I mean, the the crux points are um. Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, okay. and uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Okay, right. Because that connects all of Hanna-Barbera. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know through Hanna-Barbera, we know through Scooby-Doo, that connects another, that connects Johnny Bravo. Johnny oh, Bravo. Yeah. In, so he he started off just talking about shows, but then he kind of went a little beyond that into advertisements. Mm, interesting. Which, you know, I'm kind of wishy-washy on that. But okay. if we connect advertisements... Cartoon Network had a whole thing, an experiment in 2008 um, called Cartoon City. And God, I miss Cartoon City, uh, where it was basically all the advertisements 
were inside an you know oh a, a I remember this now town yes I remember this where they were all every like cartoon around. yes it yeah, was basically yeah. their it was their uh, Toontown from yeah. from Roger Rabbit how that connects everyone mm-hmm. um, but then you know from that you can connect that to Looney Tunes because Tweety and Sylvester are in there oh, okay. and through Looney Tunes you connect all of Roger Rabbit and so that's all of Disney is now in there yeah uh, and it it, it just and oh, then, you know it, it it keeps going from there and it made my heart. So happy. Love it. Watching all of that. Cartoon, cartoon. But also speaking of crossovers, <laughs> uh, my favorite gaming franchise just had its new installment oh, come out. I, I, you know, I remember, I was thinking going into this episode this week we were talking about, and then I forgot about it over the course of the episode. Yes. But yes, Super of Smash Bros. Ultimate oh, is now out. I should have saved more time for you to talk about this. I'm not going to talk about it too much. It's so good. It's so wonderful. Is it really good? It's so good. So... Are you playing online? Like, how is... Not yet. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to unlock all the characters. So there's 74 characters. Oh, my God. Um, do, you the, a, do you have Fox unlocked? I have Fox unlocked. You, you start with Fox. Good, I can play that. So you start with the original eight okay. from the first Super Smash Brothers. Okay. And then from there, you get the other 66. My God. And it's glorious. Okay. What's the most ridiculous character in the game? Like, the most out there? <sighs> um... It's for for me. I mean, like franchise wise, what's the weirdest yeah. one, or what's the weirdest like move set wise? No, like, what's the one that you're like, wow, this is in here? That's weird. Well, I mean, Ness is a pretty weird one. Ness has been there since the beginning. Yeah, but Earthbound was a franchise that never came to America. That's a Japanese only franchise. Okay, but like, so but Ness has been around for a long time. So people would expect mm-hmm. Ness, but like, yeah, so Ness I know, and Lucas. I know, like at one point they had like. um Metal Gear Solid in there, yeah. and like so, like, w- is there anything along those lines, like really crazy stuff you wouldn't expect? It's uh, like Scorpion in there for Mortal Kombat, for example. No, because he's an injustice. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, the the weird one. I mean, the one it she joined in the last game, mm-hmm. uh, but Bayonetta, who is from a from a an R rated game, which or, what, sorry, an M rated game, game. Bayonetta. Oh, she's from a game called Bayonetta. Yeah, oh, right. where she basically. Uh, she doesn't get her power from stripping, but she acts like she gets her power from wearing less clothes. Okay, and so having that in a, in a kid's game. It's almost like this was made for teenage boys. Almost. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, so she's in it, and she's she's really interesting to play as. Um, but then the uh, King K. Rule is the one that I just can't figure out yet. King K. Rool is the main villain in the Donkey Kong franchise. Oh, okay. He's a crocodile. So fantastic. Uh, but he just has, like, he's just such a bizarre character, and I don't understand him. Okay. Unlock him, because I want to play him. I have him unlocked. Okay, good, because mm-hmm. I... It's oh, no, sorry. What's the weirdest one? Isabella is the weirdest one. Who's Isabella? Isabella is the, is the mayor's assistant from Animal Crossing. Jesus Christ, okay. She's a dog. Yep, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's the weirdest one. You found one. it. Yes. Found the most extreme one. Mm-hmm. What have you been watching, listening, reading, playing? Um, well, I haven't been playing. Oh, wait, no. I did play something this week. Did I you? forgot. I'm going to go ahead and throw this in amongst my plugs. Uh, when I was home, my mom gave me an early Christmas present. There was the intersection of two of my favorite things. James Bond and Lego? No. Oh. That already exists and I already have it. Well, they could have made a game. That's true. No, it is Clue and the Golden Girls. I've seen that game. My mom found it. Apparently, I think it's actually kind of hard to find, so I have to ask her where she got it. But she got I think it I've seen for it at me. Barnes and Noble. Okay, mm-hmm. good to know. 
Um, she got it for me, and I played it on Friday night uh, with some friends. It was a lot of fun. Like the the modern version of Clue has all these other things in there, like distractions, and like they've added a few layers, which like I don't feel are entirely necessary. I really like just the, the classic original version, but it was really fun. Um, except for the fact that our friend Jason like just completely fucked up both games that we played by like <laughs> making egregious mistakes. Okay. Um, but actually that kind of made it even more fun. Um, but that I actually did play some things. That was really good. Uh, and then I watched The Witch. Have you seen that? I worked on The Witch. You did? Okay. I did. did. You, I did, did all the advertising it? for it. I hated it. Wait, what do you mean you hated it? You hated like watching it? Yeah. You didn't like it at all? No. I liked it. I Everyone I've talked to has liked it. I think just because I had to watch it so many times. Probably. I think that would do it for most people. I was just so and done with it. I'd also heard for the last three years since it came out that it's really good. So I think I had high expectations. But it more or less met them. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I won't go into spoilers, obviously. But like, it is really... What's the goat's name again? Black Phillip. Oh, Black Phillip. Black yeah. Phillip. Um, <sighs> it's really unsettling excuse mm-hmm. me unsettling all the way through um and it's got i don't want to say too much more but i quite liked it i watched it with yeah. a friend of mine he didn't like it i really liked it um so i watched that and then the last thing i want to plug is um uh the hollywood reporter recently did a article that's up online now where they interview a whole bunch of hollywood actresses and their stunt doubles okay um, so I just started kind of going through and reading about it, but you and I are both uh, huge proponents of the idea that stunt coordinators, stunt performers aren't recognized enough in the industry considering Absolutely. how hard their jobs are, how dangerous they are, how important they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just, it's really cool that they're like kind of acknowledging the importance of what these women are doing and like yeah. how hard it is and how cool their jobs are. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I'll link that in the show notes too, but yeah, go, go read that. And mm-hmm. then there's like a video along it too, but it's just cool. Oh, I, I want to make a quick note on the witch. Yes. Uh, I would say for people that want to get into horror movies but don't like jump scares, The Witch is a great movie for yes, that. Yes, yes. That's a really because good point. Yeah. as someone who had to work on it and they said put more jump scares in the trailers, there are no jump scares in that movie. No, there's not. It's it's just all dread mm-hmm. all the way through. Yeah. Um, and like right from the beginning, it's super fucked up. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. I, I liked it. It was very, very psychological. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, super intense. It's worth a watch, guys. It's some really good horror. Have you seen It Follows? I have not seen It Follows. Another really good one. Okay. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to like go and watch like the really, really good horror. I still want to see the new It. I haven't seen it either. Um, I'll let you know when my friend Jason, he's going to make me watch it. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it's fucking horrifying. Oh, maybe I'll wait. Like, I think it's supposed to be incredibly scary. Okay. Um, But I'll let you know when we're watching in case you want to join. We'll see. Yeah, because I do want to see the new one. Is it going to be like one in the afternoon kind of showing? Probably not. I thought it was probably midnight. And th- I watched I watched Scream with Jason, and that fucker would just like deliberately like scare me in the middle of it. He like walked past me like blah, I'm like don't do this. <laughs> if you want me to watch horror movies, don't scare me in the middle of them. Perfect. The movies are doing that on their own. Oh, it's good horror out there though. Um, but yeah, I think we did it. I think we did it. Yes, indeed. Uh, so if you want to reach out to us. Um, if recommendations of your own, or if you want to defend Kumbaya, please do. Please, someone defend Kumbaya. So, write in defend Kumbaya. You can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Uh, I am at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want to see my art, which will be updated at some point, uh, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. If you want to see my face, which will also be updated at some point, <laughs> getting plastic surgery. <laughs> Tease of things to come. <laughs> uh, you can find that at uh, Cam Dexter underscore adventures. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. We'll talk to you again next week, guys. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.